Welcome everyone to the Spectrum of Health podcast. I'm so excited to introduce my guest, Dr. Stephanie Canistrero, and we're going to talk a lot about her healing journey, and she really filled this podcast with so many pearls about how to navigate the really chronic diseases of this time, whether you're EMF sensitive or have mast cell activation or figuring out how to regulate uh, your vagus nerve. She she really gave us some great insights, so I hope you tune in to the entire podcast and learn so much uh, from Dr. Stephanie's wisdom. A little bit about Dr. Stephanie Canistrero. Her journey into functional medicine and specializing in the vagus nerve started with a painful personal history that ultimately gave her the determination to innovate her field and help others. Persevering through the agony for her health issues, Dr. Canistrero applied what she learned from the top functional medicine professionals to her own symptoms and finally overcame her condition. Whether she's helping the athlete deal with pressure, recommending a nutrient supplement regimen, or applying one of the numerous treatment methods she's educated in, Dr. Canistro is pioneering an overlooked field of functional medicine while helping the world's top sports stars optimize every aspect of their bodies. I hope you enjoy my conversation today with Dr. Stephanie Canistro. Welcome, Stephanie. It's such an honor to have you on the podcast. Thank you so much for having me. It's an honor to be on here. Oh, well, our paths have crossed a few times, and I know that we uh, were both speakers at a CellCore Eco Conference about a year ago, and I just really love your work and everything you're doing, and especially your story. And so I really wanted to have you on. So I, I think a great place to start, here you are, you know, a chiropractic physician in Canada, and, you know, it, it's one of those things, right, that we go through school, we have a deep passion to help people. But until, you know, we're really in that seat as patient, you know, our perspective completely changes. And so why don't you just walk us a little bit through your journey and then how that maybe changed how you practice medicine? I got really sick at the end of my chiropractic college. It was fourth year, I was about to finish. And I started getting neurological symptoms and they kind of came out of nowhere. Like I remember when they turned on, I was sitting watching a movie and I all of a sudden like felt this urge to keep moving my legs. And then I started getting an electrical feeling and my hair stood on end. And then I started getting muscle fasciculations and it turned into severe diarrhea, my hair coming out in chunks. And I had no idea what was going on with me. And you know, I would wake up one day and I had Bell's palsy and it lasted for a few days. And then, so I go to the hospital for that. Then we're doing exams for Cairo where you have to adjust each other. And I think I'm having a stroke. Like everyone's scared of a neck adjustment because like the stroke like symptoms, this poor guy like adjusts my neck and I literally like, (laughs) I'm just like a mess. So, you know, again, at the hospital, hadn't been to the hospital before. And now I'm injected with gadolinium, they're checking my brain, like, and for, you know, stroke aneurysm, nothing's coming up that whole, you know, thing that you and I are aware of where and a lot of patients these days, and they're going, well, we can't find anything wrong with you. Like, oh, you must be stressed, or it's psychosomatic, or it's this or it's that. And you know, it's only retrospectively now, because I was good for 10 years after Cairo College, I was sick, I didn't know what was wrong. I had those symptoms I explained and I I worked backwards. Like I found, they told me I might have multiple sclerosis because I had a few plaques on my brain. But they said, but you don't have five. So it's not multiple sclerosis. You know, it's just, we watch and we wait. And I'm like, that doesn't make sense. So you take it into your own hands. And here I am in a college trying to tell everybody yeah. about it. The naturopathic college is down the road 
no one really can can help me. They 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 didn't get it, and I was like, this is scary. Nobody gets it. And I found Dr. Terry Walls, I think, because she had MS and she was in a tilt recline wheelchair, and I her TED talk like changed my life, and that's how I found functional medicine, which I thought was groundbreaking at that time. And then it you know got even deeper as as time went on, as it does. So you know, I started following her diet and then I did a parasite cleanse and I was slowly better, slowly better, mm. slowly better. And I had the fact that I was young on my side too. So, you know, you're more resilient. It was the end of chiropractic college, got through it somehow and moved out of that house, that environment, which was probably some of the toxicity that had overloaded my toxin bucket, but I never knew what was wrong with me. And so I, I graduated and I was working with athletes because my mentor at the time was is this or he is a big guru in the sports kind of Hollywood kind of field. So I somehow get past this and I'm working with these people yeah. and you know they start telling I start telling them my story and they're like, oh well I have because part of it was panic attacks. They have, I have severe panic attacks and I was like, oh, you know, maybe and I started testing them, like these healthy people and making them kind of perform better. So I was kind of using it that way. And you know, my knowledge I now looking back was basic at that time in November 2021, which wasn't that long ago. That's when my health crashed for the second time. And this time it was my heart, my cardiovascular system. And I was in with a hockey team away. I work with the NHL and I was sitting there out for dinner. And again, boom, my heart rate went through the roof, started having heart palpitations, shortness of breath, thought mm. I was having a heart attack had to see this team doctor, you know, and they had the same song and dance. Oh, you know, it's, uh, you've got some palpitations, but it's, it's nothing like it's normal, like maybe you're stressed, you know, and I hear I'm like, no, like not this again. And, and I, I know a lot more by this time. And we've just gone through COVID and all of that. And it was a crash course on the cardiovascular system for me. But I I, I was silly enough to let him put on a, an electric uh, a heart monitor on me, but it was a wireless heart monitor. And the wireless heart monitor, when I was already, remember how I said I was static, shocking everything? That happened to me again this time. So, and I, again, now I know what that means, but I didn't exactly know what it meant at that time. And so he put that wireless monitor on me and it made my symptoms way worse. And then I literally thought I was going to die. I got rushed to the hospital. You know, I, ha I was having like uh, sinus tachycardia and PACs and PVCs every five seconds. Mm -hmm. I somehow mm -hmm. flew home within a few days. And, but I wasn't diagnosed with what I now know yeah. as Lyme carditis, right? And it had reactivated mm -hmm. Lyme. I had mold toxicity, the whole nine yards, like all the co-infections, Babesia, Bartonella. But I, I really truly feel that like EMF radiation kind of turned it on. I was in a hub for it because I was in Vegas and they have something called 5G plus and it affects your voltage gated calcium channels, which, you know, if anyone knows, like whenever you have people that have heart problems, mm -hmm. they go on calcium channel blockers. And now, the more I research EMF and you see how it affects your calcium, and my calcium was through the roof when I finally got it tested because people wouldn't test it for me. So I got really interested in that. And then I started looking at that with the players who were all dropping with cardiovascular issues. And, and I found a lot of interesting stuff. But I've skipped over a ton of stuff in my story because it is so complex and we don't have that much time. But it took a year and almost a half up until now for me to 
be almost normal. And it's only because of the information I already knew and knowing people like you and bioregulatory medicine and neural therapy and, and all of these amazing therapies, getting the lymph moving like that, it's becoming an epidemic. You know, you talk about your lymph cream all the time, like people are just stagnant, they're toxic. And even when they haven't taken experimental vaccines, or, and they take care of themselves, and they learn functional medicine, like, it's a toxic world. And people need to know more on how to take care of themselves, like truly from a cellular level. And I think that's what you're doing. And I'm trying to do now through my experiences. Yeah, well, thank you for sharing your story. And I'm so glad you're, you know, on this other end, but it's, you know, you know, it's like the fear, the misinformation, the gaslighting. I mean, here we are both in the medical field. So we have like this upper hand and knowing so much, right? But can you imagine the average person, person like just going to the, you know, hospital and just, you know, being passed from specialist to specialist and just not getting any answers. And, you know, I, I think it's really interesting about the, you know, you know, your time in Vegas being really the inciting incident to reactivate, you know, what was underneath and, you know, for you to kind of experience all those symptoms. And, you know, I, I think the more that we learn about, and I'm sure you've done such a great uh, deep dive into the impact of EMF in the body, it's like, you know, my other passion, of course, is studying our bodies as vibrational electromagnetic light beings that respond to frequency, right? And that's more kind of you know, our set point than not, you know, and it's harder because it's the invisible, right? And the, you know, we have to really, you know, ground it and, you know, this knowledge base to have an understanding. But, you know, I, I think there's like this intersection, right, with, you know, EMF and all of us using, you know, cell phones and Wi Fi, we can kind of like, sink into invisible fields of information and energy, you know, support, you know, communicating in between us. And so I I think we'll we'll get there, but, but yeah, tell it, I mean, I want to just kind of, I know you did all the things to get yourself better, but how did you handle the EMF piece and tell us kind of like your growing knowledge there, because that's a hard one, right? You know, uh, because we're all in this soup, you know, I live in Seattle, it's a 5G city, I, you know, we we do our best. And I used to Mm -hmm. have this conversation about, you know, at least shield your bedroom. And I I still think that's probably warranted. But you know, none of us can, unless we live in Green Bank, you know, West Virginia, or, you know, wherever these like zones are, where but uh, you know, we're we're just not immune to this. So how, how did you how do you deal with EMF? How do you be, how were you able to operate in the world, you know, with this knowledge of it being a trigger? So I'm still troubleshooting through it, but, and learning more about it, but I'll tell you certain things that have helped me personally a lot was things like lithium orotate, like kind of just getting that, you know, charge more neutral, turning on more GABA. That's always in my mind because you're turning more down like the glutamate and the more stimulatory neurotransmitters to try to like calm the system. And that's why I talk about the vagus nerve a lot. And that's why it it stimulates so much anxiety in people. And then increasing like nitric oxide, but in a good way, like, you know, fermented beet, citrulline, because I know, you know, if you Mm -hmm. read about nitric oxide down certain pathways, it's more inflammatory, but recoupling that nitric oxide using something, it was just a really, really great product and I had such good like quick results with it and it's called Berkeley Life. So it's 
a combination, you know, how some people just get the combination right of, of beet, fermented beets, a certain ratios of B12, B6, different B vitamins, and you, you test your nitric oxide with a saliva strip. And you, of course, mine was white. White means you're not producing the nitric oxide in your nose, and then it's not showing up in your saliva. And and then you take it, and within 90 minutes, you test your saliva again, and it should be pinker. And so I was finding that, and I was finding my symptoms were dissipating, you know, when my nitric oxide was higher. So then I obviously, you know, started to research more about nitric oxide pathway and high calcium and how like the nitric oxide kind of neutralizes the damage that the high calcium does to our cells. So that's one of the way grounding. I have grounding shoes. Like now when I go on a plane, I have either a grounding bracelet or grounding shoes. And I think everyone's different, but those things help me a ton so that I can still travel because, you know, obviously when you get onto a big vessel that's metal and now there's Wi-Fi on the plane, like it's just pinging around everywhere. So lots of people feel terrible on flights. And this was always something that I was trying to help the athletes with. So, I mean, binders were another thing that are just huge for just all the byproducts that occur from our body, from the damage done to our cells by these, you know, it damages our DNA, a lot of oxidative damage. Like, I don't know if you found this with patients or you see this with people younger, they're getting like a lot more gray hair, like really early. I think a big part of it is this new introduction of this, this new wave of EMF that our, our bodies have not adapted to or, and you know, it was released at the exact same time that or began to roll out at the exact same time that we were locked down in in March 2020. So like, it's hard to differentiate what's from a virus or an experimental vaccine or from EMF, but I think they all kind of, you know, come together. And as I was healing from Lyme, or this, you know, everything that got brought up in my body, I was actually treating people who were just vaccinated. And there's been like, you know, some decent amount of evidence that there's shedding from from the vaccine and that I was touching these guys who got just had booster shots. So that's another thing like I can't, you know, separate out. And I had a live blood cell analysis done and the girl claimed she can see the nanoparticles and she was showing me someone freshly vaccinated and she was showing me my blood on a live blood cell and pointing out these nanoparticles and how a lot of the cells look like they were infected with virus. So, you know, I think I think that one just feeds into the other and making it worse. And then so that was in November. And then by about end of January, I was starting to feel a lot better. And then I got my first overt kind of COVID infection or whatever the virus is, and all of my symptoms turned back on. And I had I thought someone was stabbing me in the heart. And I had to like work backwards from there again. And I utilized ivermectin and that helped me a lot. And that helped me with Lyme too. I had done a month of that to help lower my symptoms. And I feel like that when I take ivermectin, it helps with the EMF symptoms as well. So I was trying to research why that is. And it seems like it increases the fluidity of your blood. So there's this like kind of like stagnation in everyone throughout their lymph, throughout their cardiovascular. And I think that anything that's going to increase your fluid mechanics or the way things are flowing like, which you talk about all the time, obviously it's going to make you feel better. So that was like my crutch for a long time. Okay. I'm not feeling better. I would dose myself for a day with that or, you know, so I really tried everything. Like I was like a human experiment on, on myself and neural therapy helps me a ton with 
the EMF symptoms or what I think are the electric symptoms. And they are quite obviously electric symptoms for myself. Like I'm shocking things. My hair is up. I'm itchy. Like I am electric when it happens. My heart's going, like it's like electrically like beating too much, you know, but now I know how to clear it. And so that's what I've been doing with like a lot of these players that are having like heart symptoms. Like for me, it was quite literally pressure on my heart. Like, I'm not sure that I had an actual heart problem. If it was the, you know, I know the calcium, like there was the Lyme, I was assuming it was around my heart, because I had severe heart pain. Once I took doxycycline, the pain went away, the Lyme went lower, all of that. But then I was having these heart symptoms, because I tried to fly again, and I got congested again. Mm -hmm. So I got like a gigantically large left breast, like I had lymphadenopathy, like, severe on the left side. And so I started working because I'm a chiropractor. I started working on the ducts, but like deep lymph, not superficial and teasing, teasing away and lots of like pumping, pumping, pumping. And even like that's where I was injected with the neural therapy. And all of a sudden as it cleared, I felt like pop, 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 like palpitation after palpitation after palpitation after palpitation. And then my boob like deflated as the toxins passed through. And then my heart was beating normal. And I was like, Oh my gosh, like, wow. So I've showed a lot of people with heart stuff, just how to clear it, like pumping themselves, like, and, and working like on the deeper tissue. And if you're a female, like grabbing your breast and, you know, moving it in all different down, up, sideways, like the shake, <laughs> but for men too, but it's just easier to show for women. And then, you know, making sure you clear out the bigger lymph nodes and flushing down and people are able to get rid of their palps for a day or like breathe easier. Like, you know, because I'm having a lot of these players, they're playing in these arenas or rinks where they have something called 5G plus. So they've actually made the wave even more direct. It's like only in 40 stadiums or arenas. And one of them is in Las Vegas, the strip. And they're doing an experiment pretty much on top of the experiment, which is rolling out this new technology on us. And then, yeah. So, you know, on one team that I was working with, they had, there's 25 players, 10 of them had cardiac events. That's huge. I've been working with these guys for 12 years. Never heard of one. Yeah. And these are fit people, right? You know, so that's, that's huge. It's shocking, you know? And there's something called, there's a J shaped curve when it comes to like respiratory health with players. So it's kind of like, Okay, you do a certain amount of like they have a certain amount of time on the ice or, or a certain amount of training is beneficial to your lungs and then it starts to go like where it's it's got a negative effect, right? So it's kind of like that, like where it starts being. So they get more respiratory infections, more like so we're always trying to work on their immune system to get them through a season without getting some sort of flu, cold flu, like it's common for them, right? So we have to like really give them extra support because they're doing more output. And I think that's what's happening too with this whole load on the heart. Like if I was doing, when my heart was doing that, if I had to perform and do cardio, I would have maybe dropped dead, you know? And there's been like something like 1100 athletes have literally died of cardiac arrest. And it's typically like 36. Like I think one of the biggest years, and this is global, and not all of them are even like accounted for. So that's huge. And you know, it's usually like you can see that they have like hypertrophy of the heart, like that kind of rare, more like cardiomegaly. 
And like, that's not what they're finding. Like, these are acute clotting issues. These are acute electrical issues that just kill, like kill them, like, you know, on the spot. And, you know, we've seen it even on the news with people dropping, like it's people doing speeches, comedians, people are just dropping. And like, so we need to start to. Yeah. It's like the perfect storm, right. With everything. And laid out a real like so much great information for people and I, I have I have young patients with a ton of cardiovascular symptoms and you know treating Lyme and co-infections for all these years it's like not super uncommon but you know the degree and the intensity I feel like mm-hmm. is and one I, I love that your comment you know about like you know fluidity in the body and you know obviously when we think about the fascia and the lymph we think about those systems but you know, really blood is an extension of all of that, you know, at the end of the day. And, you know, if your blood is sludgy, then your lymph is going to be sludgy with the, you know, connection there. And I've been reading about the endothelial glycocalyx. There's that one product, product Arterosil, that, you know, has kind of highlighted that a lot for us. And that's interesting because spike protein and any of these toxicants and other infections can kind of tear that up and that can impact nitric oxide downstream. And so then you're getting kind of like the tubing and then also the you know, the blood is clumping, you know, so the, the blood, you know, I feel like when people come into my office, my job is to make their blood flow. You know what I mean? At the end of the day, like, I feel like that's, you know, wherever they are in their life. And, you know, I feel like that's a big part of our work now. So I am, we're like in the, you know, coming to certain, you know, some of the same conclusions. I mean, how do you, I mean, are, are the players open to all this or they just feel like, you know, whatever it takes to get better? I mean, are they open to hearing like, you know, these alternative kind of perspectives of why they might be struggling? You know, how, how are they dealing with it? Yeah. So a lot of them I've worked with before in a manual kind of context, and they've grown to trust me in certain ways. Like, you know, when you're working with a practitioner that can help you in some way, you start to trust them. And, and I always am my treatments are long when I'm doing a manual treatment on someone. So, and we're, we're utilizing acupuncture and different, different modalities. And so I'm talking to them a lot. So a lot of them, I like reach out to me because I've said something that kind of clicked. Oh, or, or I tell my story a lot to them too. Right. And well, my heart was funny. Okay. Let's look at that. And then I'm just interested. Oh, look, like your electrolytes are a bit off and we're able to nip it in the butt for them so that it doesn't turn into something more serious for some of them. And then some of them I'm seeing, and they're really sick. And like, I had a guy and he, you know, doctors didn't understand yet that we're on his team about like micro clotting in the lungs. And he had, he had, that for sure. Like he had his D dimer was through the roof. He couldn't lay flat. He was out of breath. He was so sick. And he was not really open at first to hearing me tell him that it was probably a side effect of the vaccine because he had, he had had COVID and they told him it was long haul, but he was actually fine after COVID. And then he got first shot. He got some symptoms back second shot. He couldn't lay flat. So, you know, but then you do some things like, you know, some systemic enzymes and stuff to get his blood flowing and he can lay flat and start to be, well, then people start to be more open and and listen to you. And I think, you know, I've worked with players that have been already great players and we brought them to top of their game. And so, you know, people heard that you worked with them and so they trust you. It's like a little kind of, you know, it's word of mouth. So usually they're pretty open to it, but some are more resistant than others. And I think that's, just to their detriment if they're not just willing to like try it all. But most of them have been really receptive and yeah, just done everything. 
Yeah. I'm glad you mentioned the D-dimer. I, I measure D-dimer on all my patients now, just with, you know, everything we've talked about. And, you know, we've been, you know, I think this is a good point. Like we've in the vagus nerve, you know, most of our audience knows about the vagus nerve. Most of kind of my community knows we have this other kind of lens of looking at the vagus nerve of how it can be affected by, you know, cavitations and Lyme and co-infections and Epstein-Barr and, you know, neurotoxins and, you know, all the things. And so, and obviously it's a huge part of our parasympathetic innervation to the heart. So yeah, just tell us how you came to specialize in the vagus nerve and kind of, you know, your vantage point now with all your knowledge, how you approach it. Yeah. And how I came to working with it is like different now than how I look at it, but I was working a lot with concussion patients. And so I was actually met with my my marketing person and I was trying to name my clinic. And he's like, well, just tell me like, uh, you work with concussions. Like, and I was talking about like the gut. He's like, how are the gut and brain connected? And I was like, well, first of all, the vagus nerve. And he got super excited just because it sounded like Las Vegas. <laughs> like, And so I, I explained like the connection. And then, and so I was working with players by healing their gut. Like I felt like that was the missing piece for these guys with like post-concussive issues. Right. And, and I was doing a lot of studies on them. Like, you know, I had, I had a lot of information from them pre-concussion and then they would get an acute concussion and we would do, uh, redo some tests and see just how much it affected, like how leaky the gut got, like, you know, and we know that there's the, the same zonulin, which is one of the markers that you can test to see like that increase in leaky gut, it also causes leaky brain. So they're so connected. So it was always just like, what can I affect easier? I can affect the gut. And I had had all of these gut issues myself and brain issues, and I had panic attacks. So that's how I started like getting really familiar with the vagus nerve. And I, I, I mentioned to you before, like I do acupuncture and, and manual therapy on people. So, you know, I knew the points, acupuncture points that help stimulate the parasympathetics and the vagus nerve. And I was actually on a flight having in severe panic. And I felt like I had to run to the washroom, which was one of the things that I had with my gut in the past. And I started like aggressively tapping with a toothpick because that's all I had on me. This is like a little acupressure pen, but I, I had a t toothpick, which is sharper. And so, you know, you have better surface area. It's similar to doing acupuncture. And I started tapping like in my ear on this point right in the in the meatus, but right here it's called Shen Men. And I was tapping aggressively and over the tragus and over my vagus nerve. And I was able to get myself out of it without having to tell someone or run. And my stomach calmed down. I was like, whoa, like toothpicks, even that. So I started showing that to people. And we actually came to, I, I've had kids where their parents can tap and stop seizures from coming on. I've had adults, same thing. But yeah, I, I would use that acutely for people. But then I found even with when my heart was going, because obviously the vagus nerve innervates the heart, which we talked about, the ventral um, branch of the vagus nerve. And so when I was having all those problems on that flight as well, I took tons of binders to lower my load and I was just tapping away and I, and I had to tell the flight attendant, like, I'm going to look crazy, but you know, and that's how I got through that flight. So it's a powerful tool that's like easy to do. And like it helped clear lymph too, because I would tap over the collarbone and in here and, and I would notice some draining. So yeah, and then I just, you know, I, I just started learning all of the things that you can do that are very simple that can then can help activate your vagus nerve. So learned a lot about the, the connection of yeah. the vagus nerve, like the fascial connection of the vagus nerve with other cranial nerves, like the glossopharyngeal nerve, which innervates your tongue. 
the accessory nerve, which innervates like your traps, right? And like some of your, your shoulder musculature. And so you can, that's why everyone like, if you massage here, they're like, oh, you know, like that, that gets your vagus nerve. And then also your oculomotor nerve, your facial nerve, they all have integration into the parasympathetic nervous system. So things like far gazing. So there's something called the oculocardio reflex. So they actually realized that reflex by doing eye surgeries because it would become overactivated, that reflex, and people's heart rate would drop too much, especially when they were doing, um, trying to fix a strabismus. I don't know if I said that properly, but you know, when people were kind of cross eyed. And so it would cause like acute, like bradycardia during like eye okay. surgeries. But ways that you can utilize it to activate your vagus nerve is just like pressure on your eyes. So just the heels of your hands, you have your elbows on the table, heels of your hand, and you're pushing into just like a pound of pressure, not a lot, but doing that and then doing deep breathing and breathing out for a long time because the vagus nerve is responsible for exhalation. That's a really powerful one that can help. So, you know, putting pressure there, doing a five second breath in, hold it for five seconds and breathe out for at least seven seconds. Far gazing, which is you're looking straight and you gaze as far as you can to one side, hold it for 30 seconds. Just like stretching that stretches the fascia of the vagus nerve. So it's very calming as well. So yeah, a lot of eye movements, different facial postures. You know, when someone's like stressed, you can tell their face goes into it's called that monophases, like where they just, you can tell someone looks stressed. So just like changing your facial expression can turn on your vagus nerve through the, through the facial nerve. I, I had, I just had tuning forks on me at all time, like, or you can listen to like binaural beats. And so anything massaging, massaging hands, head, shoulders, um, anything that's going to take pressure off the vagus nerve is beneficial. So there's, I mean, there's a bunch more, but and there's gut connection, you know, heart yeah. connection, all these mm-hmm. cranial nerves that you really laid out while I, um, I, I never. Yeah, those are the direct connections. And there's the direct ca- connection also in the gut, like through the actual nerve. But, yeah. you know, there's all the chemokines and all the like, our body is just so amazing the way that it communicates. Not to like derail us, but I'm just totally curious if you have like kind of a model of where mast cells or like the whole kind of mast cell histamine kind of phenomenon that is very common with everything you've said, um, like where, how you address that. I'm, I'm just yeah. curious. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, histamine activates the vagus nerve in the normal amounts. And then when it's too much, just like anything else, it turns on the sympathetic, releases adrenaline, noradrenaline. Uh, you know, people, you can get a plethora of different symptoms like anxiety, obviously, itching, rashes, heartburn, all of the all of the things that come around with mast cell activation. It's like all my patients, you know, what you're worried about today. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, for me, I use like a specific clay binder that binds histamine in the gut. So that one helped me a lot, like acutely. And like the thing with me, and that's what I'm trying to teach my patients is like, right when you feel it, get on top of it, right? Like, so for me, I'd be like a tiny itch in my ear. I'd be doing, so first I would do like a diamine oxidase, like histamine block. And then I'd do yeah. like some sort of modulator, like Hista-Ease that has like tenospora, quercetin, bromelain, all those normal ones, high dose vitamin C, uh, let those get quickly absorbed. And then I would take the clay, like the M-A-N-C, like clay. What's, yeah, what product is that? It's called Toxaprevent. Okay. It's from the UK only, and it's patented, and it's unreal game changer for histamine. So 
that one helped me immensely, immensely for the histamine symptoms. And I think brought them down enough that my body was able to like start to heal more and it's a, it's a zeolite, huh? Because I, you know, I, I this one I'm curious to compare. So I, I have a product that I use that's a zeolite clay that can be helpful for some patients who have histamine reactions, but I want to compare them with uh, this one and see. Well, so you know how there's cliptoplanite, whatever the extract is? It's even an extract from that extract. Oh, okay. So it's, so it's a concentrated MANC and it's they've patented how to extract it. Oh, awesome. That's awesome. Yeah. Thank you for yeah. that. I always learn some, I, I love doing these because I always learn something new. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And I mean, that, that was a, that was another bioregulatory medicine practitioner that introduced me to that. And that is like, yeah, it is, it is seriously a game changer for, for histamine. So that one, and then I'm trying to think if I did anything else for histamine, but I mean, I feel like the the nitric oxide ones really helped for lowering histamine as well. I, I felt that for sure. It took away that electric feeling. And then for histamine, what I find, again, through myself, like it can just the liver so much, just like a lot of this, but I feel like it's specific when I'm getting that histamine. If I can get the right side, if I can release the right side, because I noticed like that's my left side. Wait. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. It's just easier to use my right. I'm getting confused looking at myself in the thing. Yeah. But I mean, it's funny because when I feel the histamine symptoms, I feel congested on the right side. And then so I have some patients who I see manually and do the functional medicine with virtually. And so I started to be like, okay, they're having histamine symptoms like I did. And then I check all the spots where the lymph stagnates and, you know, all over the liver and the ribs and start to pump the liver and work on the the spots for the gallbladder and like needle the gallbladder place spots on the face, which, and then, yeah, the histamine symptoms go down and then add some of that clay in. And no, you've, you've developed a really great toolkit and a great model, right? Too. And, you know, just a couple things too, you know, I, I've learned mast cells have GABA receptors, you know, so that could be part of also of that mechanism you shared. Also EMF might be stimulating, right? The mast cells, because there's some sensitive, you know, part of our that of course they're going to be responding to vibration and frequency, right? You know, so I think I think there will be something like that we'll learn, like maybe on the other like way, like a healing kind of, you know, frequency or kind of like a vibration to help calm them down eventually. I mean, I haven't come across that. Maybe you have, but we we know. No, I mean, I mean, just like the calming frequencies helped me like the 528 Hertz or what it will help me. A grounding helped me. Like I was so itchy. I told you I went to Joe Dispenza's uh, meditation thing and I was like trying to meditate and I was like stupid histamines. Like, and so I started just, I started humming really loud and like, because it was one of the walking beach meditations. And I just like tried to hum louder than the vibration I felt in my body. Plus I was on the beach and I like got rid of it that way. Like, you know, I didn't have my supplements with me that I could just quickly take it. And I was like, you know, so there's gotta be like some frequency, but I just like hummed like so loud. Like I was just like, I'm not doing this right now. (laughs) Yeah. 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 No, awesome. 
I mean, Stephanie, you've given people a lot of great tools and you've expanded my toolkit a bunch just, you know, with some of the products you mentioned and some of the thoughts. Because again, you know, whether you're a practitioner out there or somebody who's identifying with these symptoms, this is more and more common. And, you know, as EMF is becoming more, you know, ubiquitous in our environment and then then navigating, you know, COVID and the vaccine and post-COVID and spike protein and, you know, all of these things, we're in this new terrain that we have to just kind of continue to adapt and become more and more resilient to and, you know, get more, have more and more tools. And so it was really incredible. Is there anything else you want to share like about, you know, anything else on your heart before I want people to know all about where to find you, but anything else that you were kind of thinking that you've learned through all these amazing experiences? I mean, all I can say is that like the people I see that are getting a lot of these symptoms are being more sensitive to it. You know, I'm going to say we, cause I'm one of them. It's like that higher iron, like, you know, we're attracting more EMF. We've got more of the, the toxicity and, and like my iron's not low. My iron's always too high, ferritin too high. And that's what something I've noticed as well. So just a lot more high ferritins lately. Do you think it's post COVID mm -hmm. or do you think it's just all the other things? I I don't know. Like, I mean, I know COVID makes it go, the ferritin goes really high, but it's not even just the ferritin. It's like the serum iron that I'm seeing too. So I'm, I'm trying to understand. Yeah. It's just like, but yeah, you're a magnet, right? Like, just like, oh, I have one more thing that helps. Like, I literally felt like day and night and yeah. I was going to get ozone and they pulled out my blood and I was like, oh God, do not put that back in me. I feel so good right now. Right. So like getting all that toxins out, like I didn't want it back in. I was like, can you just put some of it back in? Yeah. <laughs> like, And so he did, he left some out and I felt so much better. So that I know that yeah. bloodletting yeah. was a thing well, in the past, but I'm telling you, I feel like a million bucks. If you have high ferritin, right. Or high iron, you know, kind of phlebotomy. We just got an EBU at the office. We're just getting that up and running, but sent a lot of, you know, patients to some dear friends, uh, Dr. Yoshi Ram and Dr. Sarah Whitney over this kind of time of the COVID post COVID kind of phenomenon. And that has been such a great treatment because it filters the blood, right? It filters the blood and then has huge surface area of exposing the blood to ozone, right? So I'm hoping that we can cleanse your blood yeah. and you'll like to get it back, you know, <laughs> after. I know. Yeah. Yeah. May I got to come. I got to come visit you to try that out. Yeah. I'd love for you to come visit me. That would be so much fun. We'd have a lot of fun. Yeah. Yeah. But that was the other thing that I wanted to say, because I've been asking my patients that a lot. I'm like, because uh, I got them to get a lot of blood work. I go, how'd you feel after they took out all that blood? And they're like, oh, now that I think about it, yeah, a lot better. Yeah. And then that incre in that makes your fluid dynamics better because you're, you lose all that blood and then your body to keep your blood pressure normal yeah. draws water out of your tissue. So you got to drink a lot of water, like you got to hydrate and all of that. But you know, people can donate blood when they donate blood, they give 500 cc's. So if you not, yeah. I'm not saying to do that often or anything. I'm just saying it's it's an observation that I saw that I feel good every time I give a decent amount of blood. Yeah. And I've heard that from my patients over the years. So thank you for bringing that up for sure. Yeah. Well, it's a brave new world. And, you know, we appreciate uh, people like you who are paving the way to help not only, of course, yourself in your healing journey, but you know, help so many others. And, you know, I, I just really applaud you for getting this creative and kind of just not, you know, 
not just settling, right? For like, oh, I don't know what this is. I got to live with it, right? You know, you've really explored you know, all, you know, all this fast new knowledge and, you know, in what I've also, you know, just love this and appreciated about this conversation and a lot of my patients, they become these highly sensitive, we become these highly sensitive in tune beings, right? So it's becomes a, a gift at the end of the day that you can really feel, you know, your system in this whole other level. And I think with that is, you know, a whole nother insight and, you know, way of operating in the world. So, so Thank you, Stephanie, for being on the podcast. And where can people find out more about like your clinic, what you do, like how to connect with you? I know you really uh, specialize in working with professional athletes, but just tell us all the wonderful things about you. Yeah. So our website is vegasclinic.com or healyourgutfirst.com. And then on Instagram, Canistrero. I've been thinking about changing that to something more simple. But it's just my first initial and my last name, Dr. Escanishro. Yeah. And then we have Vegas Clinic uh, Instagram. And yeah, we're working on doing some other social media stuff. So yeah, check us out there. Yeah. Well, thank you so much. I know this was a long time thank coming, you. having this podcast. So we were able to record it today. Thank you for your incredible work. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me and all your inc- incredible work as well. Thank you all for listening to the Spectrum of Health podcast. I hope you enjoyed my conversation today with Dr. Stephanie. I hope you took away some pearls that can help you on your healing journey. Please don't give up. No, there's always a reason. Nothing is random in your body and there is always hope. If you've been enjoying these podcasts, we would be so grateful if you would leave a review on iTunes. Have a beautiful and blessed day.